Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. It's another Growing in Grace podcast. I confess that I have had a good time with these last few <laughs> podcasts. They've been really good. I confess that. I acknowledge that. <laughs> that I really well, enjoy talking I agree, about And I agree with your confession, by the way. <laughs> I acknowledge your agreement of my confession. So <laughs> how about that? Now, this has been good. I mean, I something that I think is a burden on a lot of people is this uh, verse that we've been talking about, taken out of context, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is our uh, fourth one now on 1 John 1, 9. Before that, we talked about several weeks about the once-for-all forgiveness that we do have in Jesus Christ that we find mainly in the book of Hebrews, but also elsewhere in the New Covenant epistles. And we really want you to go away with the understanding that you are already cleansed, you're already forgiven in Christ. You see, you've confessed Christ. You've made that one confession. You don't deny that there's such a thing as sin. That's what John was getting at when he was trying to tell unbelievers to confess their sin. Again, like you were talking about last week, a noun, the sin condition. Not all of our sins over and over again, every time we sin, confessing our sins. No, he was wanting them to acknowledge that there's such a th- acknowledge that there's such a thing as sin and uh, that they needed to be cleansed and forgiven. And so when they acknowledge sin and then they could go on to acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, then they would receive this forgiveness that God had provided for them 2000, well, at that time, pretty recently to us 2,000 years ago. And so that's what this is all about, remembering that we are already cleansed and forgiven. Jesus said to his disciples, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say do this in remembrance of, of your sins. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of of me, not in remembrance of your sin. He took away our sin. He doesn't want us to keep on bringing up our sins. If God forgave them and forgot them, why do we keep bringing them up? And so we want to encourage you to confess your righteousness because God has given you the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. Okay. That's an important point to be made because that word Righteousness is, is really kind of the key to the, the whole gospel. Just a, a few, and there are more, maybe we'll get into a few more of them, but just a few quick ones here, Joel, about the assurance of our forgiveness in Christ Jesus. And it has nothing to do with how well you behave, how well you perform, how many sins you confess, or any of that. He rescued us, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So there it is. It's clearly stated that we have the forgiveness of sins because of Jesus Christ, the son. Colossians chapter two, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
he made you alive together with him, having what? Having forgiven us all our transgressions. Is it just all of our transgressions up to this moment? Then we have a problem, and I suggest you go back to our Hebrew series from about a month ago to, to find out why that's a problem. There's no more blood being shed. That, that would be a problem. <laughs> you only had to do it once. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. I love that verse. Acts 10.43, when the apostles were out sharing the gospel, of him all the prophets, Jesus, of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Is this an ongoing thing where Jesus just keeps offering more and more forgiveness? Again, we've talked about this. No, forgiveness came once through the cross, once for all. Here's one more, Joel, from Acts 13. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through him, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And through him, everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed from the law of Moses. So there's just a few things there just to clarify, to help substantiate that what John was talking about in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, was not a call for Christians to repeatedly ask God for more forgiveness every time they sin. Joel, you were talking off the air about, I don't think you said this on the air, <laughs> you were uh, talking about the uh, example of being married and asking your spouse to marry you all over again every day. Wouldn't that be silly? Yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes a husband will do this in a playful way. You know, I'd marry you all over again. You know that type of thing. But, but just you, you know, as an example, just think about a man who didn't feel very secure in his marriage, and so every morning he got up and he asked his wife all over again, "Would you, would you marry me?" Which is, it's kind of silly because even if he doesn't feel like he's done everything right, the fact remains that they have been married. They are married. They remain married, not because of anything that they do, but because it's just the truth. They were married, and that remains in effect for the rest of their lives. The marriage is there, not because of any confession he makes, oh, I confess that I'm married, but because of the fact that they've been married. Same thing with our sins have been taken away and with us having been made righteous and with us having been cleansed and forgiven once and for all. With the one confession of Jesus, we became married to Jesus. We became joined to him. He who is joined to God is one spirit with him. That's what Paul says. And that's a thing that it happened one time, and it continues for the rest of time and eternity. We're joined to God, not because of anything that we do. Sometimes we may not feel like it. Sometimes we may roll around in the mud, and we may feel like uh, we're not cleansed. We may feel like we're not righteous or holy. But the truth remains that we have been forgiven once and for all. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart unto God again one time. We were justified instantly, and we've also been sanctified and cleansed instantly. We've been, by that will, by the will of Jesus Christ having become the offering that, one, that God desired, the one offering that God desired, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's Hebrews 10.10. 10. And for by one offering, he has perfected for all 
time. Those who are sanctified, that's Hebrews 10, 14. A perfected person doesn't need to go on confessing <laughs> sins over and over again. Again, God took away our sins. Yes, we do sometimes acts that don't line up with the truth of who we are. But again, it doesn't mean that we're no longer married, and it doesn't mean that we're no longer joined to God, because what was accomplished through the cross of Jesus Christ, and when we believed upon that, we were permanently sealed with the Holy Spirit, and nothing can take that away from us. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, I'm not sure if you read this one or not, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And last week I read from Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The confession of our hope the writer talks about drawing near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. If you go around thinking you're just a sinful person, you got to confess your sins all the time, you're not going to have full assurance of faith, and you're not going to have your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, like the writer says in Hebrews 10. But he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? Because he who promises faithful. See, this whole thing, it all rests upon God's faithfulness, not upon our faithfulness, not upon our confessing over and over again. He's made you righteous. He's made you holy. He has set you apart. It's a done deal. Nothing can ever change that. Isn't that something? At 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 11, you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. You're cleansed from all unrighteousness because of what Jesus did on your behalf. You see, because when God says he would remember sins no more in this new covenant, there wasn't some sort of asterisk or addendum or fine print. There wasn't an amendment that said, I will remember your sins no more unless you sin again, and then you'll have to confess it. No, <laughs> he remembers them no more. He's not counting sins against us, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5. The Bible says that God has thrown sins as far as the east is from the west. He is not relating to you according to your sins. He's not addressing you in that way anymore because they have been taken away. They have been removed. He's not counting them against us. He doesn't remember them anymore. They are forgiven. And when forgiveness occurs, complete forgiveness, then there's no more offerings. There's no more blood being shed. There's no more forgiveness being dished out because it's already been all dished out. So instead of asking God to forgive you or to confess sins in order to receive a renewed forgiveness, you're not going to get that. You're going to abide in what has already been provided for you. So where we are at with that, instead, we just thank him for it. And when something goes wrong, you know, it's okay to go before the throne of grace. But the first thing that should be out of your mouth isn't, God, please forgive me. He's already done that. What it should be is, I'm, or this is a, one suggestion, is I am the righteousness of God in him. Confess that. That is a confession of faith and belief in what Jesus finished for us at the cross. 
Right, yeah. And uh, some people will bring up John 16, Jesus saying when the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And they say, see, he's, he convicts us of sin. But no, he doesn't. Because uh, if you read on what Jesus said, he said, the reason that the world will be convicted of sin is because they do not believe in me. There we are again, the unbelief factor, John. The unbelievers, that's who's convicted of sin. But of righteousness, they will be convicted of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Jesus died, he went into the grave, and he rose again from the dead and he went to the Father. He became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So as a believer, you're not among those who are convicted of sin. By the Holy Spirit. You're among those who are convicted. Get this, you're convicted of righteousness. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you, uh, to convince you of the righteousness that he has given you, that God has given you, again, as we started off by saying, as a gift. That's really what this is all about, life in Christ. It's a gift. It's God's gift to us. Enjoy it. Be free in it. And allow yourself to be everything that God has already made you to be. A little bit more on this uh, Holy Spirit convicting us of righteousness versus convicting us of our sins next week, along with, you know, some other verses that are taken out of context when a verse is taken out of context next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.